Oh, another another busy week this week, Matthew. Finally got away from those monsters, which is good. But um, started a, a new job but uh, at, at the behest of a friend, but it turned out all his colleagues were um, just really not very nice people. But uh, luckily I was able to thwart them with five-star reviews that um, our lovely listeners give each other. And, of course, um, other stuff. What's the other stuff? Other stuff, I reckon, to solve that sort of problem. I reckon I would prescribe joining the Creative Psychopaths Facebook group. Oh, that um, sounds good. I reckon if that's not quite strong enough, I would also suggest following on Instagram. Oh, excellent. Yeah, those those are two awesome things. Yeah, I sort you right out. I started a TikTok for us the other day, so you know we could be. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really know. I, I I scroll on TikTok, but I don't really. Anyway, we've got one. Don't ask me what it is. I've no idea. Um. Right. So this week it's massacre at Central High. Um. Which we'll get into now. I assume it'll be a good episode. Who's to say? Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are horror sandwiches, I, I hear you ask as you look at the menu and I say to you, I, I say to you this, um, oh I'm losing my mind already. Anyway, it's a lovely horror movie filling surrounded by two slices of delightful chatty goodness. My name's Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Well, you're joined by two this week. Yeah, joined by two Matthews, but we do you first. I'll I'll be I'll be Matthew, and then we can have handsome Matthew as our uh, just to distinguish between the two of us. How can I not comment on that? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I've ever had that compliment. So yeah. Well, yeah. So this it's an week... audio format. What they don't know is that we're both handsome. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're both absolutely gorgeous. I can confirm that's true. Both Matthews are very, um, <laughs> very delightful. <laughs> Pleasing on me. I'm loving this this episode. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so joining us from the All Things Horror podcast is uh, another Matthew, but we had a little off air um, conversation, and I'm gonna we're gonna go for Matt for the other Matthew, so I don't get confused and they don't get confused, and um, happy days. Yeah, it's for um, the best. It's a good system. It is a good system. It's a delightful, handsome system created by... Well, I'm the least handsome of the three, but, you know... Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Pish posh. No, Stop no, it's, that. it's all right. I've got all the technical expertise, apparently, or <laughs> whatever that requires to put out a mediocre podcast. <laughs> Don't worry, we know we're not in the upper echelon. Humility. You've got humility as well. Reality check is <laughs> more what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So normally, uh, normally I like to give you just a little peek into my life before we get started, just to see if you can we can get anything out of it. Um, this week, um, I realised for the millionth time, not a, not the millionth, that's exaggeration, but but on many occasions that I should stop avoiding things that people say are good just to be awkward, um, because I do do that. So this week, I invested in Ted Lasso. Um, which, um, as I say, loads of people have been saying how good it is, but I'm just so awkward that I'm like, well, if you think it's good, I definitely can't watch it because. Do you think the problem is how many people say it's good? That's what I find. Maybe like one person recommends me something, I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll get you know, I'll put that on the watch list at the very least. But if like loads of people saying, oh, you should watch it; it's amazing. I'm like. Nah, fuck you. It's not All that right. good. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I think um, sometimes people say, oh, you'll love this instantly. I'm like, I'm never going to watch it. I will, ne- <laughs> I will never watch this thing. Or, or I'll give it a go, get into it to a certain point. Something will distract me and then I'll never finish it. And people get angry at that. Like, you didn't watch the final season of whatever it was i said the wire i think i watched four seasons of the wire and then just stopped and people like how can you do that so i just kind of did it just sort of stopped around 2000 and whatever and never started again yeah 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 uh, the one that that gets me is that my dad refuses to uh take netflix suggestions when he's watching (laughs) He, he just refuses to be recommended to by an algorithm yeah yeah, I get that. Well, nine times out of ten, it's big nonsense, it, isn't it? It's like, he's just saying, if you like this thing, you might like this other thing that's similar. He's like, nope, I'll make my own mind up. Yeah. Screw so you, weird Netflix. Things about. Yeah, robots. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's a good bit of stubbornness. I, I, I'm, I think I'm sort of on board with that. I don't think I take up whatever Netflix recommends either. No, and that, I, I, yeah, I mean, honestly can't find anything that I've liked that they recommend me. I'm like, you really think I'd like that? I'm insulted. Uh, screw you, Netflix. Yeah. I should uh, cancel my Netflix account a couple of days ago. Oh, no. There's not How, a lot on there. Yeah. How will you stream things? Oh, let's not. I, I don't want to know. Don't say it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, I got... Uh, well, when, when the only reason we had it was because we were basically paying for the subscription for other people, and then they did the password sharing thing. It's like, right, see you later. Then we don't need you. Oh yeah, no, that's fair enough. I I now have it because it's part of my Virgin Media or whatever. They just went, oh, we'll give you Netflix as well. And all right, and uh, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I watched Ted Lasso. Getting back to that, and it's it is good, and I do I did enjoy it. I do enjoy it, and after about three days, I'm in series three already. So oh wow, yeah. yeah. Again, I stopped after season one for some reason. I was just like, oh, this was really good. I will never watch it again. <laughs> it just makes no sense whatsoever. I refuse like I dry- to see any more of this. Yeah, like I drive Ben mad with that. Like, you know, we're talking about different franchises of films. And I'm like, well, I started with the fifth one and then I watched the third and then I went to the last one and then the first. It's like, why? I was like, I, I don't know. I, I have no no explanation. I do as I please. Yeah. I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that happens like if you fall into it at the cinema or something. You know, yeah. When you're a kid. Halfway. 
when you're a kid like video oh, yeah, stops, yeah. sometimes certain things are only i remember rocky 2 being available so i watched rocky 2 like there was no in my like what seven eight year old mind there was no like oh i must wait and see until somebody returns the first one i remember there's one franchise that i watched uh when i was a kid i think i did it like four five six one two three then ages later seven eight nine that was weird oh very good Mm, yes Uh, you probably should have just stuck with the middle ones No, um, well, I, I'm I don't not care about the controversy. Last Jedi was great. Uh, well, I agree. Um, but we'll have no. <laughs> we'll I can't. Have, I can't. I can't remember it. We'll have no Star Wars chat on here. I don't want. I don't want to be inviting toxic Star Wars fans. They can... <laughs> this isn't Star Pod, is it? We're if we're on Star Pod. That's what I signed up no, for. No, I'm going full full hog. Zack Snyder's Justice League sucked too. Oh no! It didn't. It was fine. But I just wanted to get them angry. It was a bit, a little bit too long, actually. Um, little bit, far too long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a tight ninety guy these days, and unless it's a tight ninety, I'm not interested. Um, well, speaking of tight nineties, I think this film that we talked about today is right in that, wasn't it? It's twenty seven. It certainly is, and um, let's get into this uh, podcast because we've rambled for, for long enough. Um, and we need to start doing the thing that we came here to do. Now, one thing I do want to tell you, uh, everybody, is um, we've just changed the interview format slightly in so much as um, Matthew and I agreed off pod that we would just let people choose the questions they wanted to answer rather than just jibbing through them all. Um, so if any of you are here wondering why we're not doing them all, that's why. Um, it means we can save some for later if guests do want to answer them then so as well. So you know, oh yeah, thinking yeah. forward. Bonus. So we're gonna do a sandwich this week with the uh, questions from Matt. And um, so the first question is, what's the first horror movie you can remember seeing? Right. So I'm. This might be controversial, but I guess it's. I'm going to count Ghostbusters at the cinema as the first horror that I saw just because of the librarian ghost being so petrifying as a child. Um, so yeah, I'm going, uh, that's, that's, that's what popped into my head with first. Most of my horror viewing has been as an adult. Um, oh, so yeah, this is, it's a strange journey to end up hosting a, or co-hosting a pod, uh, horror podcast, but um, all my, um, screenwriting on my background, everything was not, I never touched horror and then just work my way through from way back from almost from like Nosferatu up to modern day and all over the place. So, yeah. So if I'm talking about horror as a comedy horror, I guess Ghostbusters. Yeah. At the cinema and my tooth came out as well during the, during the film. So that was quite horrific. That um, is quite scary. I hope it was a milk tooth. It was, it was. I was only, yeah, I was only a wee, a wee lad. Um, and I could the horrific part of it was I couldn't find the tooth. And I was just like, well, how am I going to get this? This is really going to age me. How am I going to get this 5P? So oh, the tooth fairy can find your tooth regardless. Um, you know, it, it, the tooth fairy finds your tooth and still leaves you the coin in the right place. It's, it's all good stuff. It's, it's what magic's for. 
I just wish I'd have known that at the time. I'm a little bit disappointed. It's took about four, you know, nearly forty years for me to. Uh... Well, think of the interest. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Think of the the back the back five p's that you're owed. Um, you're you're sitting on a gold mine, uh, or a silver mine, I suppose. Unless you're going to get old five p's and then you're screwed. Yeah, they would probably be old five p's. Yeah, yeah, they would, wouldn't they? Oh well, you're screwed. Sorry. Um. Oh well, it's you know. Anyway, it's... how much can you sell an old five p to a coin collector? Yeah, I wonder how much you can get for them on eBay. Let's find out. Um, you you shouldn't Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. You talk about Ghostbusters. I'll do this. <laughs> Shall we? Yeah. Sure, let's, <laughs> let's, let's let's talk about Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's a weird film, isn't it? Ghostbusters in that they they've got. I think like they know that they can make a horror film if they really wanted to. Mm. Uh, I think the people involved didn't really have any interest in doing that. Uh, no. I think when I was a kid, I always found Ghostbusters 2 the scarier one. Uh, just because oh, yeah. of the painting. Terror, yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah. And he's a horrific person, or was a horrific person in real life as well. There's a really interesting backstory to the gentleman in the painting and some of some terrible things that he, he did. Really, I've not heard any of that. Yeah, oh. the, the, I think the actor or the, the yeah. Um, well, it's been we'll a while. Leave since it off, just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, I might be thinking of somebody else as well. So you never know. <laughs> yeah, that the. Uh, I was thinking of Bill Murray. That, that no. librarian scene is is scary, isn't it? it Especially is, if, you're, if you're young. Yeah, I think that's it. I and mean, then it, it walks a really nice tightrope of there's some scary-ish things in there, but. It lets you laugh along. Um, you know, there's some cracking lines in there. Um, and it, it is, it's just, it, it's a nice, strangely wholesome horror adjacent comedy <laughs> that, yeah, beca- that a became few... a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few scenes in there where you can sort of pinpoint how it's built up like a horror film. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of they, they come to the crossroads as to which way they're going to go with it and you know almost always choose comedy i'd say the library scene one where they don't isn't it yes uh, yeah. yeah i mean obviously that's... slimer comes to mind yeah and that's it and is it funny because like it's a bit like slimer's kind of like the freddy krueger of ghostbusters in the sense of initially he's horrific and and scary and suddenly becomes a cute little mascot like in the cartoons as well and you know like freddy krueger being on cereal boxes and rapping and doing all these things it's like slimer slimer's actually inside his mouth in the first film it's horrible yeah yeah it's i mean that's definitely you got his I, teeth fixed and you know yeah, it's a, a beautiful thing he gives um rick moranis a ride doesn't he in the second one gives a ride on a bus yeah, he gets cute. He gets cutified. I think the idea that he's like the danger from him is just covering people in goo as well. It's is <laughs> yeah. inherently funny. Yes. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that anyway, because I think I think I stayed away from Ghostbusters even when I was younger because I thought it was a bit gonna be a bit scary. Oh. It's one it's one of those sort of first branded ones as well, where the where the logo is really sort of on t-shirts and posters and you're seeing it everywhere um like 
I was thinking about this before and I was like, what was the other film that where that kind of really took off? And it's like Batman 89. Like I remember going on holiday and all the kids wearing the Batman 18 like logo on their yeah, yeah. on their t-shirts and just thinking you were hot shit because you were wearing a <laughs> Batman t-shirt. And the bee's knees. Yeah. Whatever that or, means. Or, or a Rambo headband. That was another one. You oh, see yeah. kid, kids running around with a Rambo headband on. I'd like a Rambo headband. I'd like that now. <laughs> should get you on. Did the Rambo head mullet? What did Rambo hem- headband? Was that that was an in first blood? Was it? Did that come later? Is that three? It seemed, I feel like he, he's wearing it prominently on the poster of three. Mm, maybe yeah. Three, the one that was dedicated to the brave soldiers of the Mujahideen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the real full hot shots one, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to be able to get like a little um, plastic uh, knife, red headband, and gun um, in a little plastic pack when you went to one holidays, and um, then just just run around the holiday camp with uh, just chasing each other with knives and shooting each other with guns and wearing red headbands. Excellent. It was Make- a simpler time. Making traps out of sticks and stuff. That's <laughs> uh, probably going too far. <laughs> anyway, on the five P front, you'd have to be patient with it. Basically, from uh, what looking at is the solds. If you sold a job lot, you'd get a lot less than if you sold them individually. Uh, so um, that you could get about seventy five pence to a pound. For an I'm not gonna, uh, fuck it. Then I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to go back in time and uh, and sort it all out now and get those five Ps. No, no. I'm well, not I'm not. Asshole. I'm not sure we can offer you the uh, the the time travel option do we have that as an option is that i was promised <laughs> we've not used it this this far yeah no okay fine i was promised a delorean when i as part of this coming on the podcast oh yes oh, that's our spin-off podcast sci-fi sandwich uh, sci-fi sandwich sci-fi sandwich um back to the sandwich i don't know <laughs> um so, what is the scariest horror movie? Why did I say that? Scariest horror movie is... Um, I, I would go with Suspiria, the original Suspiria. I think um, it's one that stayed with me longer than most films. The room full of razors. Um, it's a perfectly realised film. Yeah, I would say Suspiria is my... Uh, go to scariest so much so that i don't watch it often i don't want to kind of lessen that impact of watching it and also i've not seen the remake i've not been able to watch it because i kind of love the original one so much like mm. some people some people say well let's let's remake bad movies and make them good rather than remake good movies and try to make other good movies out of them but um yeah, yeah. well the superior remakes come up a couple of times you know because we have a second set of questions for a second guess who come back and best remakes one of them ah. and the Suspiria remakes come up a couple of times Matthew I think yeah we, we've yeah. had we've had a fair bit of praise for it yeah yeah but I think it sits in that nice um I'm, I'm stealing what Matthew says is good for a remake where it sort of holds I don't even know what I'm saying. It 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 it's got the 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 story there, but it does something else with it. So, um, yeah. But uh, no, I I think I've had a lot of people recommend it to me, and that probably goes back to what 
<laughs> where we started the podcast. I yeah. Like, I'm not watching it. But no, I, I will get around to it, I'm sure. Well, I'm... Um, I, I, it's too long for me. Is the, is the new one... Man. So is the new one longer than the original? It's nearly three hours, I think. I think yeah, it's, oh, a, wow. it's a good long one, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I, I can't commit to a film that long. Yeah. I, I, I have to watch 90 minute films in two halves. Um, so, no. Well, you, that, just stream, you just stream three series of Ted Lasso in it. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Our, our brains don't process that the same as like watching, like, oh, I'm not watching a long film. Oh, six hours of um, streaming of a series. Yeah, I'm up for that. <laughs> I wonder if, I, I think I've got different brain for t- TV series. I'm like, I don't. I don't necessarily feel like I have to take all the information in. I just, mm. it, it, it comes in slowly. Like, you know, you might only learn the characters' names by season two. Um, whereas with a movie, you've got to sort of take all the detail in if you can, as much as you can. So, yeah. Uh, take notes. My, my brain gets too hot. Um, I don't like that movie anyway. I, I've got to say that. I don't, I think it's a bit silly. The first Suspiria. Yeah. Oh. I love the soundtrack. Um, yes. Is that Goblin? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really love the soundtrack to that film, but I, I, this, I, I don't like it. I think it's a bit silly, actually. Do you um, have a favourite Argento, or do you just not? Just not? <laughs> um, no, not really. Um We watch Demons, but it's not Argento, is it? It's no. um, it's Barva, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, but we had that on the show, and that was that was that was a good one. But I'm I haven't lo- watched a lot of the Giallo stuff. I must admit. Yeah, I've gone on a bit of a sort of detour watching a lot of Giallo um, recently on on Tubi, um, and because the, there's tons on there. Um, oh really? Yeah, and um, I watched. Argento would be probably my favorite, um, but then yeah, there's there's quite a lot. There's just I just I like a little bit of, I just like the oddness how things are. Kind of, I don't know. I just like this sort of. It's all slightly off kilter. There are little touchstones that sometimes go between films, but generally they are like you say. Soundtracks are, are, are very interesting, very good, but also there's just a kind of oddness and. Uh, uncomfortable feel that I get when I watch a Jello that I, I quite enjoy. Just mm-hmm. sometimes when things, probably when we talk about this film being made by a Dutch um, director and what he thinks an American high school is like, you get this little kind of weird, uncanny, it's not quite like it actually is. And there's mm-hmm. just a, a little bit off. Um, and that's the same kind of feel I get with, with Jello as well. Yeah, I should definitely dip into it more. Deep, deep red as well. Deep red, and um, I, I do like. Um, but, but yeah, it's, the, the... it's something that we did mention on the deep. I think it was the deep episode. I can't imagine it being anything else. Whereas uh, I always think that Giallo films are the, the the only only type of movie that I prefer dubbed rather than with subtitles. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah just, just for the ease, it, it ease of watching. That. It just adds to that feeling that goes through them that things aren't quite right, don't they? Yes. Uh, mm. It somehow works for Jello, but not not other films. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I, yeah, I would, I would um, certainly sometimes when things are translated directly, it's a bit like putting it through like Google Translate. And it's like, oh, I know what it means. I get the gist of it, but nobody would speak like that. And it, yeah, especially jokes and kind of dubbed laughter. It's yeah. Make, makes it a little bit off and a little bit strange. Good points. Well made by by use too. Well, well lovely. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew squared. Yeah. Lovely, lovely bit of lovely bit of Jarlow chat. We don't get a lot of Jarlow. Um we should do ju, ju, we should Jarlo, you Ari. Yeah. Yeah, that's much to get it Jarlow in January. Yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll see how that goes, because um I don't think we need a whole month of Jarlo. Maybe we do. Who's to say? Choose, um, a, choose a couple and dive in. Oh. Um, that'd be weird. Yeah. So, before we get into the movie, what is the worst horror movie you've ever seen? Okay, so this is a, a 1971 film starring Mickey Rooney called The Manipulator, um, which I gave a 1 out of 10 to. Because I love my terrible films. Like, I love my sort of absolutely wacky kind of good bad films i'll i'll sit and watch those i'd rather be kind of entertained than just watch something boring um so the manipulator does not fall in that category it's about a if you, you may have seen it it's about a kind of mickey rooney plays a makeup artist who goes mad um and sort of takes out his bitterness on people around him and nothing happens in the dark um so yeah that would be my on my list of my worst horror film i've seen yeah i'm just no. frankly shocked that mickey rooney did a horror film well yeah because he's in um he's in one of the silent night, deadly nights as well isn't he after slagging off the series and saying how terrible it was and how it's corrupting the minds of young people and then it was like um oh by the way um we'll give you lots of money to be in one of the sequels i'm in yeah, I think it's the Toy Maker one. I think it's the Toy Maker. Uh, no, I haven't seen any sequels to that one. I think I've seen, I've seen the first one. Oh, is it the second one that's supposed to be better? The second one's Garbage Day. The Garbage Day meme. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, must admit, I've never heard of that. Um, highly unrecommended. <laughs> but. Talking about films I've never heard of, you you did that again with this week's <laughs> delicious filling, with um, and, and I have to say it's it's pretty rare I get caught out with stuff I've, you know, not necessarily seen but never even heard of. So I'd never even come across this movie, Massacre at Central High, nineteen seventy six, or as it was called in Italy, Sexy Jeans. Sexy jeans, yes. Wow. Sexy I mean, they're, they're not lying. Some of those jeans were like they hugged in all the right places and flared in all the rest. Would they be sexy on their own though, without anybody wearing them? That's the well. Just... The, the the Italian cut had bits of porn. Um, yes, cut into it. So, <laughs> um, sexy jeans. But I'd, I, I, so I, I'm I, guessing that's not the bit that uh, the version that's on YouTube. That, that I watched for this. No, 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 no. no it had, uh, as far as I know, it had actual porn. 
Um, and we'll we'll get round to one of the scenes at some point, and I'll I can mention where they decided it was a good idea to slip the horn in. Uh, oh, if you will, you pardon. Yeah, but uh, I d- I wouldn't normally come up with stuff like that, but I did think it was hilarious that it's a massacre for one and sexy jeans for the other. <laughs> um, I want to take issue with the name massacre because. As we'll get to. There isn't actually a massacre in this film, is there? Hmm. Tempted massacre? Well, they're, they're... Look, well, we'll get to that, but I've got that's my problem with the title. And we'll we'll cover it as we, we do the film. I, I won't derail us too much. Fair enough. Okay, so uh the director for this is Rennie. Is it Dardler? Dalder. Dal yeah. With him being Dutch, I imagine there's a or something in there. It's kind of like almost like a, a Welsh kind of <laughs> Rene Dalder. There you okay. go. Scouse. All right, there. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, God. Don't make my brain do things. Uh, <laughs> right. So we've got Daryl Maury as David, Andrew Stevens as Mark. Ray Underwood as Bruce. Steve Bond as Krieg. Krieg. Eamon Douglas as Paul. Kimberly Beck as Teresa. And Robert Carradine as Spoonie. Spoonie. (laughs) Yeah, he was the the only actor from this I recognised. And uh, only from his role as playing the dad in Lizzie McGuire. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Not Revenge of the Nerds uh, fan, no. No, that's that's where I'm highlighting my credentials right there. <laughs> Sticking my flag firmly in the Lizzie McGuire mask. Why not? Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have a little well, I do remember once. Well, I, say, I, re- I remember once I did have to have uh, a debate with my sister uh, because she made the claim that Lizzie McGuire, the movie, was the best film ever to be set in Rome. And I counted with John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, that's that's a face-off, isn't it? Lizzie I mean, most McGu- people would say Roman Holiday, but, but not me. John Wick Chapter 2, far more headshots than there are in Roman Holiday. I'm a fan of John Wick 2. I think, it, yeah, I think it's a great film. Yeah, all right. Well, maybe, I don't know. I was I can't think of anything else set in Rome right now. Um, would Gladiator count as Gladiator in Rome? But Her- Hercules, um... was that in Rome? No, Hercules Athens, was in wasn't it? Yeah. I'm sure there's loads of... Um, Loads of yellow in, in Rome, and I've just like totally tuned out and can't think of one. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've derailed. I, I said I wasn't going to derail us, didn't I? I think there might I have did been... it with the massacre stuff, but I'm, no. I'm done with the Lizzie McGuire chat. No, that's all right. You, I don't mind a bit of derailing, you know that. So, I suppose the question, Matt, is why? Why have you brought us this movie? Well, we threw a lot of movies at each other, and this was the first one where you kind of we stopped and you're like, oh, okay, we'll do that one. Um, <laughs> the reason I chose it, I just, I watched it just expecting it to just be trash, absolute trash. And to a certain degree, it is, but it's in that kind of sweet spot. There are some really interesting bits in there that make it. Um, and again, I think this might be down to kind of a, almost like a bit of a lost in translation kind of feel from the director and writer, um, what he thinks a high school in America is like. Um, and then there's there's some really interesting kills. I quite like the lead character. I think he's he he he's a good 
hero in a way. Um, I particularly like it when he starts limping around and <laughs> really asserting himself. There's a bit of a Lord of the Flies feel to it. Mm. Um, that there's there's yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know what it is, but it, it just hits for me that sweet spot where I will watch it all the way through. And I watched the first watched it on YouTube as well, and I know that there's been like loads of different cuts of it. So I'm aware that some people might have watched a very porn fantastic version and some people <laughs> might have watched like a less violent version i know that in america i think they were going to have it on tcm and show it on like the classic movies thing and then literally cut all the violence out and then realized they didn't have a film left <laughs> um so so just just to kind of really i don't know um i always say this i can never remember i always say roger ebert but whether it's eber ebert he had it as one of his best movies of 1976 oh right okay which i think is really strange so just picked out particularly because i love heathers as a film and this isn't a million miles away from heathers like a little subculture or no little ecosystem of students and rising to the top and being having their heads chopped off kind of thing um not literally but um yeah i i, I, I don't know i just i just um it's weird and I like it, but it's not like I would fight to the death for it or anything. And like, as my favorite film of all time, but I'd, I'd watch it more than once. Let's say that. Yeah. Well, I agree with a lot of the things you said there, and I'm sure they'll come up again as we talk about it. Um, but the first place to start after, after that is we've got to talk about that opening song because it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really fit. Does it? No. Crossroads of your life. No. You're at the crossroads. As it shows clips of what's going to happen in the film. Yes. Um, it's which it, it it's disconcerting, and like, and you know, talking about that, like, the soundtrack all the way through, it doesn't fit the film. No. It's it it it's very odd, but um, there's something there's something about it not fitting the film that really fits the film. <laughs> if yeah. that make if that makes sense. It 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 adds a really strain a strangeness to it that um Yeah. It makes you laugh, which yeah, is, yeah. is, is a good a good start to a... I d I don't know. It, it, I was gonna say a horror film, but it, I guess I don't know, is it a horror film or is it oh, just a yeah, is it just sure. is it just a high school film while everybody gets blown up? Yeah, it fits within the horror tropes, I'd yeah, say. I think, yeah, I think it is. I just feel, yeah, I don't know. Do you like that opening song, Matthew? Did it did it cheer you up as you as you started watching it? Well, I think we also need to to make mention that it plays over the credits as well. It certainly yes. does. <laughs> so we, it, we, we get the book ended with it. Yeah, uh, I mean it. Does it does it work just by being so out of place? I think it kind of does. It yeah. does. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a good song, and it it doesn't fit the film, but also, yeah, it kind of just goes so left field that it's strangely perfect. Yeah, yeah. it's like they they have to get it in as much as possible, and maybe it was for a completely different film. But like you say, you know I mean, it's... yeah, the the opening montage thing it does. It works apart, you know, apart from the scenes they splice in, doesn't it? With... Yeah, you don't see that a lot, do you? Really, and we we covered um, on all things horror. We covered um, Nightbreed 
and uh, in the beginning of Nightbreed, where it inside the um, the the letters you see scenes from the film in chronological order, which I hadn't spotted before. Um, and, and the only thing I can think of to compare it to is like a beginning of like Marvel movies. So you know, oh, like right. when, it, when it all flicks through like a little potted history, if if you've ne- not aware of what a Marvel movie is, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, and like this is kind of the uh, massacre of Central High, little teaser. I'm going to tell everyone that the Mission Impossible films stole this from that now, <laughs> with with no basis in reality. I'm just going to tell everyone they did. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Give this movie some credit. Uh, so what you got then what do you want to chat about either of you right i'm gonna go first then go on because this is something that confused the hell out of me throughout the whole film right is where where are the authority figures yeah no adults it's 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 set in a school i don't see a single teacher uh they they do pay lip service to the police at least but you never see any of them yeah, the first time you see it right at the end, isn't it? When they, they, yeah. they, just, they just kind of look baffled, like, what has been happening the last three, four weeks? Like, what's happened to our school? Where are our children? Why did that man just blow up? And, and you know, I think the reason for it is, is that most of the kills in here, uh, if there were police, they would solve them immediately because they're mostly done in broad daylight. Yes, yeah. Everybody in, lined in public up. spaces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, we'll work through you, then you, then you. All my enemies in a row. Literally, every character knows who's doing the killing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very true. Yeah, nobody's nobody's suspect about who's doing it. And uh, I sort of like that the film does that as well. It doesn't. It doesn't lead you in any direction of going. Oh, maybe it was someone else. It goes. No, this is the. This is the guy. This is him. He he's doing the thing. Look, yeah. that's him. Yeah, and it's like he, he at the beginning of the film he gets your sympathy straight away because they are obnoxious. They are horrible group of people. And well, I also just want to bring that up just briefly with that first scene because I was confused as hell with it because you know you've got your three you know you we'll call them jocks for mm-hmm. for the American films and and they start by pushing this kid around and you think you know everything in the film language is telling me these are the bad guys mm. but also that kid just drew a swastika on the locker <laughs> so are they just getting you know rightful justice on uh, you know an anti-semite or is it and they, they, are they whatever supposed sympathy... to be bad guys in a yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever sympathy we have for them is out of the window when they start raping people in classrooms. So yeah, I mean, f- further on we, we get we settle into it a bit, but the, uh, yeah. the first scene, yeah. I was I was just like, who who's the baddie here? Because I, bit, I genuinely couldn't tell. It's like about parking rights and parking. It's like a parking kind of feud going on, and uh, and our hero is kind of. You know, right in the middle of it, like I'll I'll get a lift with who I want. I'll park where I want. Thank you very much. And then we're off to the races. Yeah, I'll do whatever I damn well please. Pretty pretty fast. We're off to the races, really. Um, yeah, they're a good set of bullies. I mean, the the Stephen King level high school bullies. You know, slightly above what they should be. 
Um, but um, I suppose, I don't know whether it's too early to say this, but the interesting thing is what the bullies represent to the school, which is they're, they are the authority figures and they, they sort yes. of keep everybody in line and they are, if anything, you know, representing... I don't know, for me, they're like a government or something like that, you know, like... Well, oh, I think it's, it, is, it does sort of come back to that swastika, I guess, really, when you think about it, because they are essentially a fascist regime, aren't they? Yeah, yeah maybe he's doing that to get in with them. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, would, I would think a Dutch filmmaker who I, I'm assuming would have been alive during World War II, given the, you know, the time this came out, you, know, you would think would have first-hand knowledge of, mm. you know, of the Nazis. And yeah, he's 1944. Yeah, he was born in 1944 and, and passed away in 2019. So, yeah, there's a... Oh, so, yeah, missed it first-hand. Certainly, uh, yeah, the the aftermath kind definitely, of Definitely, yeah, known about it. Mm. Yeah, he would have yeah, grown it's... up with people who would have told him about it. So, yeah, it would have, certainly would have... It's kind of a trade-off that you hear about, isn't it? You know, it's that okay that they're that the you know they're brutal, oppressive, disgusting regimes, but the trade-off we're led to believe is that there is order, and you know, think the Empire in Star Wars, (laughs) you know, and it's it's Mm. that, and that's kind of what the bullies represent, isn't it? And it's almost an impossible regime to topple, certainly in that school, you know. It's it's well set in stone. Everything that's going on there, um, he's the one kind of uh, David is this kind of um, one person who he's been through something with his friend before. Either helped his friend through bullying or overcome something similar. But this is on a different. It's kind of spelled out to him. This is on a different level. You you're not the one to do this on your own, David. And David's like. Uh, no, if I see something that I don't like, I'll probably do something about it. Right, yeah. yeah. They're like, no, join us. And he's like, no. He's like that guy in the picture. I suppose going back to like Nazi, that guy where you know where everybody's doing the, the Hail Hitler and there's one guy in the middle who doesn't, and they're like, be that guy. It's kind of like that. That's like David. Um, obviously, I'm I'm possibly giving it far too much. Um, <laughs> cultural significance that it deserves, but I do like him as a. I think with somebody else playing that character, it it, it wouldn't because he's not like super muscly or like a action hero, or whatever. But what he's got, he's got a like kind of steeliness. Right. Yeah. He does. Yeah, that's very accurate. The problem that I had with it is that he looked like the tradesman who did our kitchen a couple of years ago. <laughs> did you not uh, like him? me a picture of him and said, is he... no, it was lovely. Uh, the, we, we'd happily have him back to do more work for us. But we don't just check in, check in the gas uh, connections. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it really stuck with me throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good job you're on the right side of him. He didn't just like blow up your kitchen. Mm. Yeah, I can't see he's he'd be the type. If it is the same bloke, he's, he's grown up significantly. Oh, I imagine it is the same bloke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's assume he is for the sake yeah. of argument. Fair yeah. enough. Let's just assume it is. <laughs> um, well, why not? Why not? Uh, what else you got? 
Shall uh, I? The, I was going to say the bit with the car. You, you've got very clear dummies in uh, in that scene in the passenger seats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the car. Yeah, the car related things are good. Oh, the van. Also, the van. Um, the scrambling in the van and kind of set off down the down the mountainside. There's quite a lot of. Um, it's quite high. It feels quite high stakes. Well, it is for him. Um, but it, it feels quite high stakes for watching it as well. Not being, not just being inside it. I, yeah. I found that quite, quite exciting. Um, well, in, yeah. in terms of the sort of like the kills, if you will, including that one, they're actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, I think they're really good kills. Yeah, generally unique ones. Um, what I thought was also interesting is you, you've got this set of bullies and Bruce feels like he's the main one. He's the main one. And yet he's the first one to go, you know, which is, it's sort of, it was a, initially a bit jarring for me because you think you sort of expect the the fodder to go first. And then, yeah, he's like the know, boss, boss work level. Through, yeah. Work through the characters. But uh, yeah, you, his you think he was setting up for like a showdown, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's not like Mark. Uh, Mark oh, sorry, Mark David. He isn't that kind of like he follows a lot of the sort of slasher tropes in a way. Obviously, there's no real no slashing, but like he, he he's he's not like kind of facing things head on ever. It's always he's quite aware of the fact that he's not going to like overpower these people or just kind of overpower them, and we're just going to accept that. It's like we did a rewatch of Friday the 13th and it was like, we we're like, oh, wow, what a really strong old lady she must have been. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like in, in this, at least in this, it doesn't insult us in the sense of you, you could probably do these things with a little bit of planning and thought. And he's he's clearly, I don't know what he's done. He, he's, he's not like he's going around schools in the USA, just blowing up different people that he doesn't like, then just moving on to another school and doing it. Um, whilst also maintaining a kitchen fitting company, um, <laughs> it's like it doesn't doesn't yeah. I don't. I think this might be his first time he's he's turned to blowing people up. Well, I mean, it, it, sort of skipping backwards, the the bullies knacker his knit his legs. Oh yeah, that's and and earlier on in the film, he 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 goes on to say that you know running is his outlet when he feels like he's yeah. gonna he's gonna get to the end of his tether he goes for a run whereas they take that away from him so he's like all that anger and everything that he used to be able to run up run off it's just building inside that stiff leg that's quite a modern take on mental health really isn't it that obviously what had gone on in his other school he'd learned or been taught a way of coping and dealing with it like you know going for a run and getting those things out of his system and then he hasn't got any other outlets like you say and i think that's like quite a clever way of making it make sense why he does turn so violent so quickly because he hasn't got that outlet just every hobble he gets angrier and angrier and he is really hobbling around at a lot of points and people are pitying him and yeah there's uh, quite a lot of ableist language thrown around as well. It's just so if that's something that uh, you don't like, just yeah, be aware of it true. if you do want to watch this film. Yeah, there's there's a and and they're like um yeah, I would agree with that. And also, I think he's got that kind of um 
that he sets up the people who like there's the 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 the, the people who work the lad who works in the library and the other little group who kind of step up and take over as the film goes on they're an interesting group because you, you, initially you're thinking oh well they're you know it'd be nice for them to have a little bit of autonomy and feel comfortable and safe in their school but no they fuck it up too they they become horrible people too <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's the most interesting part of this film is that mm. the bullies that you expect to be the mainstream of the film sort of get taken out, not early, but I think, um, you know, early enough so you're going, there's more of this film left. Yeah. Um, and then the people, well, in, I think... the people in the school become, you know, let's say, I get it's sort of a comment on human nature, isn't it? You know, like where, you know, they... The, the alphas have gone so someone else has to take it up and um the people you thought were nice so suddenly they want they want that power deficit um but well, i like that how it extends that you know that message about the bullies being you know fascist regimes and stuff because it it reminded me of you know sort of like late 20th century uh, end of empire stuff you know, how when like a lot of countries who were previously you know run by empires they, they left you know just at the drop of a hat without putting any sort of infrastructure and political operation in place that they were just left as a vacuum and much worse people took over as a result I mean, not much worse but you know also bad people took over yeah that's a really that's a really that's like a really good point because i think like that without infrastructure and you, yeah, they literally fall into exactly the same, if not worse, kind of habits, behaviours, just naturally fall into those. And and these characters do that, and they are kind of like, they're, they're all quite interesting because when they step up and they're quite showing like bully bullying people and the way they behave, it's quite jarring and quite unusual to see because you don't tend to see those sort of weak characters in, in American film, those like quote unquote geek characters. They never, they tend to stay exactly the same. The joke might be that they get a girl and mm. everyone's like, Whoa, the geek got a girl. That's amazing. Like that's, that's the level really. Whereas in this one, they do actually grow, not necessarily in a good way. Um, they, they become worse people for having what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, right. as well, they're all shown as being so snivelly still, aren't they? Mm. You know, none of them can, you know, align with, with other people or take that leadership role on themselves. They're, they're all coming to David going, you know, me and you together. And yeah. You yeah. Know, they, <laughs> when you think if the group just got together and put along, you know, they could have become yeah. the king arseholes that they were trying to be, but they're also oh we we need David the whole time and it's yeah we need a David and and he's just essentially like oh man my list of people to kill is just getting so long now <laughs> like a, to clean this school out and give them a fresh start I'm just constantly I've got like mm. a big list and I'm just adding somebody onto the bottom of my list and it just keeps going and going and going until the point where I'm the worst person and I'll have to kill me. Yeah, I I thought was interesting that because what you said that he basically the bullies get killed and then the rest of the people step up and he thinks, well, I'm gonna have to kill this lot now as well. Um and 
And even even after doing that, after taking the, more people down, the the weediest kid in school, for example, comes round to his place and he's like, he's like, oh, we could rule the school now. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just like, well, like you said, it's like, how many of these people do I have to take out? To the point where he just thinks, might as well just blow up the school. Yeah, I'll just wait till the enchantment under the sea dance and just blow everyone up. Yeah. I was like, like a big game of like whack-a-mole essentially for him. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite, I think the, 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 the sort of the explosions and the blowing up of people is a really strange way to take the film that you don't see very often. And certainly near the end, it gets a little bit comedic, especially when the music pops in at the end. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, we're all over the place now. But when yeah. he when he he blows himself up at the, at the end, and it was a clear explosion, and this is the first time you see adults, and they come out and go, "It's just a fire!" Like, dude, there's a body in. on fire. There's a body on fire. I saw just inside. like they should ban the sale of firecrackers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Especially if that's the the impact of a firecracker, then yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but like, just go back inside, did, enjoy the dance. I did think it was truly hilarious though, that after that, and the police show up. All we get in terms of resolution is uh, just the the voice of one character going, "Yeah," and then we told the police that Spoonie did it, and it was case closed. <laughs> yeah, Spoonie, like, yeah, Spoonie is, is is goes down in history as one of the biggest serial killers in US history. <laughs> well, that, that's the level of the police, though, isn't it? Because Spoonie and the two girls that he's with, they get blown up and crushed. And and later on, not that long later on the in the film, the police have pinned it on them. Uh, it was them, I think. What, yeah. what, what, what is it about that that, you, that that led you to them? Was it the crushing? Well, you know, they were naked. I Everyone was saying Spoony a lot. A lot of people said Spoony. But uh... that's police work. That's how police work works. It is listen in to lots of conversations, and whoever's name pops up the most, that's the person who's guilty. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not an expert, but I think that's pretty much how it works. To be fair, I think they probably did that wrong as well because everyone was saying it was different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't listen to the obvious one. That would be that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so this we... guy's new in town, and we've got these murders. <laughs> what a coincidence! Well, he, 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 everybody likes David, so can't be him. Well, there's probably something for, to be said for the sort of Spoonie is the sort of stoner character, so you know, yeah. don't do drugs. He's just kind of um, falling, fall, getting stoned and falling down the hillside, and yeah, having a threesome in, in a tent. <laughs> But there are, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this that, I, that we're probably not going to get round to, but uh, I would like to circle around to what who I think is the most hateable character, and that's actually Mark. Because um, he's just, he's so complicit in everything. Like, he, he lets the bullies get away with what they're doing, and then he goes, goes around to just let David get, get away with everything. He's just... Yeah, Mark's been a good... Like Mark, sorry, David has been a, obviously been in the past a great friend to him, and like from the sounds of it, changed his life, gave him confidence, and helped him. And he's just like, listen, you need to fall in line with these guys. I, I can't back you up, and I can't be there and kind of say too much 
to support you. And if they go against you, then I probably will too. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> He's he he he's definitely for me. I, 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 like he's he's not likable in the slightest. He's. I'm not even sure if he's hateable. Yeah, well, he is hateable. I don't like him. Um, but because he's just so, you know, like in the middle, and he's not. But he's just. I hated him. I really didn't like him. Um, he was the Switzerland of everyone. And Teresa's more likely to stick up for people and try and fight back more than he is. Like when the girls are in the classroom and she goes in and she's like, tries to stand up to them. She's more than anyone other than David has done in the entire yeah. school. Um, she, she confused me though, did that, did Teresa. <laughs> I just remember that the, the couple of scenes after that when, he, when he's killing the guy in the van. And then she's just like, you you should really be his friend and be be nice to him with what, he, what he's going through. I'm just thinking like he was he was trying to rape your friends not so long ago. Why are you encouraging your boyfriend to spend time with him? Yeah, that's a re- yeah. Again, I think these are examples of you know like almost like the Tommy Wiseau approach to filmmaking, where it's like this is your friend. You should be a friend of your friend and your friends are your, always your friends, except when they're not your friends. And you're like, what? Sorry, can you just run that by me again? I think there's a little bit of that in the kind of, the, the dialogue it doesn't kind of, what there's no subtlety and there's no kind of explanation to a certain degree. It's just like, girl character says this to boy character. It kind uh, of felt like it was written sort of like the night before. And then they've, they've moved on to the next scene the morning after without looking at the notes, and they only kind of half remembered what had gone on. Yeah, because I was like, oh, she's probably going to end up with David here. You know, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, I think that might be. Like like we say, Mark isn't somebody we're rooting for in any way at all anyway. So, but... Although I thought it was a very mature uh, response when she said, yeah, I was going to cheat on you, but we didn't. Yeah, there's no 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 sort of uh, okay, BS there. Just tell it like it is. She she had one moment that that made me that made me laugh, and I don't I don't laugh that much. Um, but she's having a conversation with Mark, and and he's saying, "Look, he's doing his own thing," and she goes, "What without us? <laughs> <laughs> he's doing his own thing on his own." For fuck's sake! <laughs> just uh, I just thought it was a really really. Good bit of dialogue, and you know, like I, I feel like to a degree we've been singing the praises of this film, but uh, you know, there are, there are, there is stuff like like that. There are, yeah, you know, there's a lot of cutaway scenes that that don't fit in the film, and you know, moments of moments where the acting is a bit on the shoddy side, and you know, yeah. I don't know if there is a definitive version. No. The film as well like there isn't like a maybe a definitive cut no so, so that a, might make it a bit more tricky tough there's a touch I think of I'm issue with my I'm, I'm just going to drop in my overall thoughts on it because I, I just felt that the film was a mess on the whole but it, it's just chock full of this sort of b-movie charm that we've you know and, and a, you know a little bit of depth that uh that carries it through that we've, we've spoken about so it's 
you know, it's just really strange film in that regard. Yeah, but, yeah, it's it's fun, isn't it? It's the, this yeah, fun, it's like when you said that that Roger Ebert gave it like one of the films of the year. I, I I just still struggle to believe why because it's in any sort of normal metric or you know critical metric that we usually usually apply. This fails like every test more or less, but yeah, it just has this this lovely holder that it's got this this fun. And uh, you know the way that they execute what the, what they're going to do. That's that's so charming about it. Yeah, and you've never seen a film that is exactly like this. Um, so there's there's a kind of like you say it hold. It, if you're looking for something that's different, which is sometimes quite hard, particularly these days when things are kind of made by committee and there's certain things that have to happen. It's good sometimes if there's a look, I'm not talking like so shoddy or deliberately shoddy. I mean, there's a difference. I think someone, he has actually tried to make a film that has like a certain amount of comment about society and bits and bobs that have not been realized at all, but also some of the, sort of the bigger scenes are kind of like you say that the kills and things like that are quite creative um and again i i, I don't mind um david as a main character as well like i think he he's expected to do a lot um and i like him I, I like him as a character i think he's much better than a lot of kind of you sort of just standard slasher baddies or whatever you know he's yeah so no, I'd agree with that. It's got a B movie charm. I'll, I'll, I'll use that when people tell me it's shit. Um. Yeah, it's like <laughs> with, with with your films that are, are so bad, it's good. You know, those, those sorts of films they're always made with with a lot of earnestness yes. by people who don't really know what they're doing generally. Uh, whereas this is a film which is made by someone who, who appears to, to mostly know what they're doing and with a certain level of earnestness, but just the, the tongue-in-cheek uh, side of it that just sort of, I don't know, it, it's not so bad, it's good, because it's not so bad, you know, yeah, but it's not yeah. it's good a easy. You know, it's, yeah, it's this weird, it fits in this weird place between you're bad and so bad it's good you know it's it's weird in that regard it's kind of hard to put your finger on exactly there's like a euro strange euro sensibility to an american film that that just kind of makes it like i said at the beginning just kind of off and that makes it really engage it like makes me engage with it more than say if it was just a straight out american high school let you know working their way through the usual suspects and that kind of thing mm. yeah no you both make both make very good points um i think well the only thing that i wanted to just say because i did mention it was that um this one's mostly for you matthew but the the point where they decided the pawn was interesting was uh, during the scene, the rape scene. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know what to think about this being mostly for me. 
no, I just I, only because I wasn't sure if uh, the other Matt had, had seen that some had seen that somewhere before. But that was um... no. Well, I haven't. No, I haven't seen the the sort of the X rated. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I just um, I, I I just did a little bit a little bit of research going going into this as is sometimes my way. Sometimes I'm prepared. Sometimes I aren't. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um. But anyway, as I understand that that Italian version doesn't make a lot of sense anyway. I think it's a. I think it, I think they just spliced together a movie that you know is holding on to its plot anyway. So I think you know it, you can't just stick whatever you want in there. Oh, lovely. Uh, well, anyway, if anyone's if no one's got anything else to say, I think we should uh, wind it up. Yeah. I okay. think we've, uh, we've covered it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm really. I was really. Um, I'm glad you've watched it. I'm just glad you've watched it. I was really interested in what you thought. I think that's the main reason I chose it to be honest, because it is. It, it doesn't kind of fall under any particular, like you say. It's not just like it's not like Miami Connection or something like that, or um, the Room, or you know, it's not that kind of thing. But it's also not, you know, a well-regarded Euro horror or even like a straight down the middle American. Um, mainstream sort of popcorn horror so i was really interested in what you guys thought about it so yeah thanks for that thanks for doing it thanks for enduring it or enjoying it whichever one you may choose <laughs> well let's uh let's get into that now so we have our famous three-tier review system uh, starting out at shit for uh, for the bad films uh moving through oh it's spooky for the uh the middle ones and then a creative psychopath for the very best uh, I mean, I've pretty much said everything. Everything I wanted to wrap up with this one, and yeah, I think it it gets a bit spooky for me. I think there's the the good stuff is, is so heavily dragged down by the fun, you know, campy crap stuff that it can't fit in that top bracket, unfortunately. But it's certainly a fun watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we forgot to do the actual um. The critic score things, if that's all right. Um, like 6.1 on IMDb, 4.4 out of 5 on Amazon, or whatever that means. Yeah. And 80% Rotten Tomatoes, that's pretty good. And 3.2 on Letterboxd. Sure. I feel like I've undersold it now. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I'll do my bit before Matt does his. Um, I... I'm going to go through like the watching of this. I started off thinking, "Ugh, it's just another sort of thing," and then uh, I enjoyed it as the storyline evolved, and I, I liked what they were doing with it. I'm not entirely convinced that everything that I got out of it was intentional from the filmmaker. I think, um, I, I, I think a lot of, as I say, I think, I think Matt, either I was overthinking it or. Or whatever, but um, I'm going to give it a new. It's spooky as well because it doesn't quite it doesn't quite fit into that um, you know upper echelon of, uh, of of horror movies. However, actually, there is one thing I meant to bring up. I do love that '70s blood, that real bright paint blood that I think is uh, is good. Um, yeah, so um, I had a good time with it, but. I don't think I don't think we could sell it as being the most amazing film. 
Hmm. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, it's spooky. So Matt, that just leaves you. Uh, what what you what would you go for? Well, it's clearly the the one of the greatest films. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would agree. I would agree with both of you. I think it doesn't matter too much to me in terms of like the intent of, of the filmmaker. However, I do think that, like we say, there was maybe a little bit there that was kind of aiming at having a little bit of commentary, Lord of the Flies style. Um, I like the kills. I like I said, I like the lead character. Um, it kept my attention. It wasn't what I was expecting um, as, as I went through. It is just slightly in that sweet spot for me of kind of just doesn't quite feel right in the sense it doesn't, certain things don't quite make sense, which amuse me maybe more than scare me. So I would say, yeah, it's in that, ooh, it's spooky, middle tier, but a strong recommend that people watch it um just because why not like why why not see a film that you're unlikely to have seen a film like this so yeah go it's and enjoy free it on too. youtube yeah, yeah exactly it's free and i absolutely agree with with what you said i mean i initially didn't put it on our facebook group because i i just figured nobody had really seen it um you know and we usually put it on there to get comments from people but after watching it i thought Ah, this is a film people should add to their list. You know, like, um, well, both, I don't know. I mean, I listen to a podcast called Evolution of Horror, and I think Matt does as well. I don't know. Matthew knows about it, but I don't know if you listen to it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've dabbled in it. I, I find it hard to find the time to listen to work, to, to really get into a podcast. And it's, yeah. it's a deep dive yeah. one, so you, you kind of have to commit to it. But this this feels like one of those films that fits in the evolution of horror. There's 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 stuff in here that you can you can see in films that happen in the future. So it's um yeah pretty good for that. But anyway, so I did put it on the Facebook group, and our man Alistair, king of the podcast, um, he did watch it. Watched it today. Oh, as soon as I posted it. But uh, so he, this is his comment: is a new student slash terrorist kills a school full of arseholes, Nazis, and psychos. Was there a message in the seventies schlock? Probably, but it was too silly and horny to know. Still had some fun with it. Actually, that reminds me. We we said it's not a massacre, is it? He, he takes them out one by one. Massacres <laughs> are like bloodbaths. Loads of people going at the same time. Yeah, you think you're going to get that at the end, don't you? But. Yeah, this is too systematic to be a massacre. There is a very good podcast um, that I watched ages and ages ago, um, the Projection Booth podcast, and they talk about um, this and they interview quite a few of the actors, some of whom would rather not talk about it, would rather talk about anything, but um, it's fascinating. Yeah, so that's a little recommend, a little companion piece um, for this while we're talking podcasts. Obviously... I um I think it's probably just better to listen to my podcast, which hasn't covered this film. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, you can just put this one on your feed, and there you go, you're covered. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's true. I'll just listen to a different episode and pretend it's about this film. Yeah, or listen to an episode of your podcast that 
that isn't this film but they might like you you've done some good episodes i i, I looked through them today and listened to them <laughs> one you. I, in fact <laughs> I, I wanted to listen to all of them but um you know i, I didn't have time well that yeah there's a lot of podcasts there's a lot of podcasts a lot of, lot of podcasts not a lot of time um mm. That was it, really. That's uh, oh, actually no, Matt. Matt, another Matt said, "Is it like an American version of If? If is one of my favorite movies. I don't know what that Ooh, is. Okay, I would probably say no. There, there is a, there's a little bit of crossover, but not. Yeah, light thematically a version of. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard of If. Uh, it's a really great film uh, with Malcolm McDowell, and, and I'm led to believe that it's the role uh, that got him a Clockwork Orange. Yes, it is. It definitely is. Yeah, there was a, a certain scene in there, I think, where he kind of can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it, where he sort of stands up to an authority figure, and they're like, "Oh, yes." Kubrick was like, "Yeah, this is my guy." Okay, added to uh, the yeah, well, very highly regarded. Very good film. Uh, it's definitely put it on the list. Yep, it's on there now. Uh, right, so um, let's get into let's get into the final slice of bread. But before we do that, uh, I must mention the Patreon. It's there uh, if if you want to join up. Um, and there's 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 a bit of content on there. Extra content, extra content. Uh, movies that aren't horror movies is basically what we're going to talk about on there, really, and bits of other things. I've got got some ideas cooking. Um, so let's get into the final slice of bread. I sort of sung that for a weird reason. So what is, Matt, the best horror movie? I think... Oh, okay. So best, I would say, is um, the the original um, Nosferatu. I think it does everything that a horror film should do in terms of it entertains you. It looks amazing. It's timeless. Um, it, it's iconic. It's it's yeah. It's just um, an absolute delight to revisit um, the fact that it's so old may put people off, but I'd implore them to watch it, give it a go and be surprised and, and just, just kind of be open to the fact that, you know, this is um, a really special movie. So that's for me, the best horror film. Feel like you're building up to maybe a favorite or something rather than. Yeah. Yeah. So like my favorite, that's funny. That is literally, yeah, you've, um <laughs> it, it's finished to say that because my favorite is probably basket case um i i love everything about it i love the kind of the 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 sort of practical effects i love the creativity the silliness the slimy new york hotel the just yeah i just love it i just love basket case and to, to a lesser extent and again, I'm one of those people, if I like something, I'm, I'm more than happy to just keep watching more and more of the same thing. So I'm quite happy with Basket Case 2 and 3. But the first one is is a sublime film. Um, very creative on a micro budget. 
everything that horror that, that mm. everything about horror that hooked me in uh, I, yeah i just love it just love bill isle he's a cute little chap isn't he yeah it's that's actually a movie i haven't got around to um it was brought up not long ago by sam when we did uh was it his brain, brain damage, damage. Brain damage. Oh, love brain damage. Yes. Yeah, brain damage was really good. We we enjoyed that one, um, and certainly it's made me want to watch Basket Case. But uh, I've gone off movies a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 definitely no Ted Lasso. No, I've watched two hundred <laughs> two hundred and thirty movies this year, and it's really it's, it's starting to grate on me now. <laughs> I want yeah. to get to three hundred, but I'm like. Uh, uh, I'm struggling. Can do it. Yeah, you know, I definitely, I, I definitely can. Um, uh, basket case can be number three hundred. I think I'm supposed to watch three hundred for three hundred, right? Uh, yeah, we've already, we've already penciled that one in. Oh, yeah, wow. so okay. I've got, I've got to watch <laughs> three hundred for three. It makes, it definitely makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Other than you may be a complete basket case by the time you've got to the three hundred <laughs> move. No, I'm fine actually. I like I started my year um on on here and my sort of resolution for the podcast was to watch um to watch a hundred films I'd never seen before and I've passed past that and got into two hundred. So I've had a really good year of films just watching stuff that I'd never got around to seeing, you know, classics like Citizen Kane and all those all those yeah. sort of things, but also watching any old crap as well, you know, stuff that comes up like Butterfly Effect Two. <laughs> Was Fly Effect Two the uh, a great companion piece for S Darko? Um... You see, I've never seen S Darko either. Maybe that would... <laughs> shite, absolute shite. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> I can't, but I can't think of a of a sort of creative way of putting it. But yeah, it's what um, does the S stand for? Uh, Samantha. So it's the little sister from Donnie Darko, just. Kind of, she just she's just there. Okay, that, that's it, really. Yeah, it's like a around the time where in, the reason I know the reason where it popped into my head was with Butterfly Effect too, where you were kind of getting those direct to DVD sort of less chopping the budget down and getting rid of some of the top name actors and just kind of doing more of the same sort of like S Darko and and Butterfly Effect two, but also things like you know, Cruel Intentions 2 and The Skulls 2 and these ones that were maybe sort of pilots for maybe TV shows, you know, they were kind of trying them out, sort of early 2000s sort of thing. So, yeah, um, that having flashbacks to that. <laughs> I don't think I knew there was a Cruel Intentions 2. I think there's a 3 as well. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Mm. That seems really weird because Cruel Intentions is based off a uh, Shakespeare play, right? Uh, no, it's uh, Dangerous Liaisons. It's based off Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. But um, yeah, there isn't like a Dangerous Liaisons 2 or 3. <laughs> Rubbish. Get to work. <laughs> uh, right. So um, these final two questions. So what's the scariest moment from a non-horror movie? Okay, so I've not. Um, this is a film that I've kind of been sat watching while someone else was watching it. I think it was quite a while ago when this came out. I can't even remember exactly when. I'm certainly not. I've not read the books or anything. But in, um, I was sat watching 
or reading a magazine while my wife was watching um, Hunger Games. Oh, and right. there's a there's a scene in it where one of the characters dis- disguises himself as a rock, and you just see his face in this rock, and that really creeped me out. It just made me want to like, for some reason, just sort of scratch my skin off. It was, it was just made me. I don't know. I think the kids call it an ick. <laughs> it was just, yeah, just freaked me out. I don't know why. It was just horrible. Just yeah, this. He learned thing. the skill from decorating cakes. <laughs> Did he? Oh blimey! That's yeah. That's the story. Right. Wow. Yeah. It just. I don't know what it was about it. it was something about that just really bloody creeped me out. I'd imagine also um, the torture scenes in Scorsese's Silence. Um, that that was as as sort of mm. upsetting and kind of awkward feeling as any horror film. Um, that's kind of stayed with me as well. So yeah, that would be my non non horror scary moments. Oh, very good. I like the non horror scary moments. Um, <laughs> it's probably my favourite question. You like that one as well, don't you, Matthew? Uh, oh, my brain. I do. I also like the next one too. So, what is a non horror movie you'd make? A horror movie. So I'm kind of cheating a little bit because I may have seen some pictures rendered of a live action version of this, but I'd like a horror live action version of Spirited Away. As I just think No Face has got potential. Um I love that film. I love Spirited Away. Um I remember watching it in the cinema when it came out and it was literally just me and my friend and an empty cinema <laughs> and they were like, this is the, you know, the sort of Japanese version of Disney and millions of people will be watching this. And the people who, you know, lots of people missed out on a great film, but I'd love to kind of, if I was in control and I had my camera and I could actually have some, I actually had some talent um, to make films rather than just write about them or write them. Mm. Um, it would be amazing to do a live action, um, spirited away, horror. Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, I don't even think you'd need to change the story for it to be a horror. No, no, it is quite, yeah, it is it's, quite scary. It's quite horrific. It's quite horrific anyway. Um, mm. Some of those characters in in live action would be just um, disturbing to see. Yeah, it would be... It... Get Del Toro on it. Yeah, that would be awesome. He'd be much better than me at doing that, yeah. I'm a terrible, <laughs> I'm a terrible choice. Um, yeah, he he because the funny thing is that since I wrote this down and I, I had a kind of to make a point of saying it, I saw that they've done like a I'm not sure it's a puppet show or a stage show in Japan, and the the costumes are incredible, but again, quite creepy. Um, so yeah, yeah. Some, some they're on it, maybe they're on it already, maybe somebody's on it. That'd be good. That'd be good. That was one of my movies for this year that I hadn't uh, seen. I went down a bit of a studio, oh, cool. a studio Ghibli uh, uh, adventure. Did you uh, like it? You, you, I take it you like Spirited Away. Yes, I did. I really enjoyed. It. In fact, I don't think there was any of the studio Ghiblis that I didn't enjoy. Um, anyway, we're going off. We're going off topic now. <laughs> um, are we? Sort of on topic, wasn't it? Uh, anyway, right. So, uh, 
let's call it a day then. Um, we've talked for long enough, I think. Um, you've got all of our questions have been answered. Yes, all of our the inquiring minds have have been fed their food of thought. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you've got a podcast, haven't you? So why don't you plug it? Okay, so um, myself and uh, my friend Ben, um, we have quite disparate tastes in in horror. Um, I'm sort of more 60s, 70s, um, and, and not a massive amount of knowledge with the sort of real modern films. Ben is a child of the 80s, loves his sort of... Um, Nightbreed was his first film that he got into as a child. Um and he, it's been all downhill since there. He's yeah, he's he's kind of got a music background. I've got a writing background, um, and he kind of just programs different films for us to watch. And sort of for me, it's often to reappraise. It's been so long since I've seen them. Um, we do games, we do some trivia, we do real try and break it down scene by scene, have some fun with it, um, do some YouTube shorts that we've doing recently, which have been going quite well. Um, just interacting with people and just kind of just reflecting the inclusiveness of being like a, a horror fan, really, and and just kind of sharing. Hopefully, our love of horror kind of comes comes across when we're talking about it because we're having fun. Um, hopefully, other people listening to it are having fun as well. Um, so yeah, that's us. That's all things horror. We're on everything except Apple. Mm, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, well, it's a podcast worth worth listening to. They've got much better theme music than us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I wouldn't change it. We've had it for 80-odd episodes. I now, love so. you. I've, I've listened to quite a lot of episodes of yours, and I've really enjoyed it, um, the people that you've had on as well. Um, and, and again, I quite, you know, you've gone, oh, I'm just digressing here, and I'm digressing there. And when Matthew's gone off on a tangent, I've actually, that's what I enjoy the most. I think that's just how my, what my brain responds to. So no, thanks for having me on as well. Cause I, I really appreciate listening to your podcast guys. And that's, I think it's just about connecting with other people who have similar, similar tastes. Yeah. Or, or, or certainly, or, or certainly willing to be open to discussing things that maybe they haven't seen, which sometimes people are just like, no, not for me and won't do it. So horror is quite um quite an open community, isn't it? And I like that. It is actually. That was lovely. Thank you. Yeah, oh, that's all right. It's, it's a bit like heavy metal, I think. Like most of the like, I'll go to watch anything. I'll go and watch a gig of, of anyone anytime. And I had a friend who used to take me to watch all kinds of heavy metal stuff, and I found that the people at heavy metal gigs were always just like dead accepting, no no judgment, no scene. It was just like, oh, just come and join in, enjoy. And I feel like horror communities like that as well. And it's you've, you I would, guys... I would say they're mostly the same people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I probably didn't know that at the time when I was. When I, but, um, no, you guys have made me feel very welcome, and I appreciate that. So thank you. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Um, right. Well, after that, after having our egos inflated, let's fuck <laughs> off. Let's call it a day. Um, yeah, that was brilliant. Thank you very much, guys. Thank bye. You. Bye. 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 Bye.